have happened upon the voice of the true resistance whether purposely or by accident you are welcome here no matter your political belief you are welcomed here my purpose is to voice my opinions on current events start transmission greetings I'm changing up the format of the show by lightening up on the news stories and including more opinion. Let me know what you think by contacting me at nnopodcast at gmail.com. The news items I report were interesting to me and may not have been reported by the mainstream media. I'll give a bit of my opinion for each article. Speaking of which... Have you heard about the numerous back-the-blue rallies that broke out across the nation over the weekend? I sure hadn't until watching the Timcast YouTube channel today. I guess these particular demonstrations didn't fit the mainstream media narrative. Just be aware. It's happening. All right, let's start off with some news items. First up from foxnews.com. Washington Post bashed as morally bankrupt for glowing feature on Chinese Communist Party. From the article, The Washington Post was roasted on Tuesday for publishing a glowing article praising China's Communist Party that was quickly compared to Beijing's propaganda. The piece headlined, Trump views China's Communist Party as a threat. Young Chinese see it as a ticket to a better future and written by Beijing bureau chief Anna Fifield, was accused of reading as a press release by Representative Dan Crenshaw, a Republican from Texas. Quote, After seven decades in power, the ruling party has faced potentially existential challenges over the past year, from pro-democracy protests in Hong Kong and an economic slowdown due to a devastating coronavirus and... Most recently, once-in-a-generation floods that have wreaked destruction across central China, Fitfield wrote. But far from diminishing its stature at home, as some in the Trump administration appear to believe, the party's response to some of these crises has helped solidify the support of existing and aspiring members, or at least neutralize grumbling, unquote. Okay, this glowing fluff piece was obviously an attempt to glean favor from the ruling communist regime, perhaps trying to spare the Washington Post Bureau from being kicked out of the country due to the ongoing feud between the Trump administration and the CCP. 
The author could have gotten away with this piece if she would have refrained from referencing President Trump numerous times as if he has no advisors and made all foreign policy decisions by himself, like Xi would, the head of the CCP. Republican lawmakers and conservatives quickly jumped on this, and you'd expect them to. This is just more proof that Trump derangement syndrome is real. From Breitbart.com New York Times op-ed Let's scrap the presidential debates. From the article, the New York Times published an op-ed Monday morning titled Let's Scrap the Presidential Debates, arguing they play too great a role in helping voters choose a president. Okay, I'll stop here and offer my opinion. The communist over at that once great newspaper, and make no mistake, they are communists, know that Joe Biden's mental acuity is on the decline due to age. It happens to everyone, but people experience this to the degree that he is, shouldn't be running for this country's highest office. Or up to the so-called journalists over there at the Times, there would be no elections either. The president would just be appointed after a meeting of some sort of central committee just like the CCP and the old Soviets did. Next, Pelosi lashes out at PBS's Judy Woodruff during interview, suggests Anchor is a GOP advocate. From the article, House Speaker Nancy Pelosi, Democrat from California, had a bitter exchange with PBS NewsHour anchor Judy Woodruff Tuesday over the ongoing stalemate on Capitol Hill between lawmakers negotiating a so-called Phase 4 Corona's aid bill. At one point in their interview, Woodruff asked Pelosi about the flexibility GOP lawmakers were showing in terms of allocating more money for state and local governments, as well as Republican arguments that much of the money allocated for the previous CARES Act has not even been spent yet. That didn't sit well with Pelosi. Quote, well, if you want to be an advocate for them, Judy, if you want to be an advocate for them, listen to what the facts are, the speaker scolded the veteran anchor. I'm playing devil's advocate here, Woodruff responded. No, you aren't, Pelosi shot back. The point is, we have a bill that meets the needs of the American people. It's called the HEROES Act. They, the Republicans, don't even want to do state and local, and when they do, it's very meager, and they want to revert money from before. All right, the real reason that the relief bill is stalled is because of the non-relief-related things that Pelosi and her cabal have added. Things like mandatory mail-in voting, along with billions of dollars thrown at the U.S. Postal Service to facilitate this requirement. Where would that money even go? Also included in the bill are changes to immigration laws, making it easier for illegal aliens to enter and stay in the United States. I ask, what has this got to do with relief for U.S. citizens? As for the speaker herself, perhaps she should retire if she can't handle legitimate questions from sympathetic reporters. Hmm. Perhaps Woodruff went off script. Here's an update. President Trump signed an executive order which gives virus recovery aid to citizens without the added garbage Pelosi and her gang were trying to add. Next, Breitbart.com headline, Communist Party leader endorses Joe Biden. What a surprise. 
Communist Party leader Bob Avakian has announced his support for former Vice President Joe Biden in the upcoming presidential election. Avakian, the founder and leader of the Revolutionary Communist Party USA, told his followers in his statement last Saturday that they should vote for Joe Biden in the 2020 presidential election. Quote, at this critical hour, every appropriate means of nonviolent action must be utilized to remove this regime from power, said Avakian in his statement. Quote, and if, in spite of mass protests demanding the removal of the Trump-Pence regime, this regime remains in power when it's time for voting, then using all appropriate means to work for the removal of this regime must include voting against Trump. Close quote. That was a mouthful. He later went on to clarifying his remarks, telling his followers to not vote for a third-party candidate, but to vote for Biden. So goes the edict of a man who, in the past, has endorsed the likes of the Shining Path, a Maoist rebel movement that tried to violently overthrow the government of Peru in the late 80s and early 90s, until the people they were supposed to be fighting for grew sick of the movement's forced taxes, forced recruitment, and atrocities, and so they turned on him. Endorsement I'm sure Biden's campaign, at least publicly, doesn't want. I have a listening recommendation later in the show where you can learn more about Mr. Avakian and the RCP USA. Continuing with Breitbart.com, Trader Joe's politely tells cancel culture to shove it. Trader Joe's now says it will not be changing any of its product names and just told the blacklisting cancel culture to shove it, but did so politely. Here's the backstory. A 17-year-old girl, obviously bored due to the lockdown, started a petition calling out the retailer for naming certain products after Disney rides, which she deemed offensive to various native peoples and, you know, all the rest of the normal social justice warrior stuff. The company released this statement. Recently, we have heard from many customers reaffirming that these name variations are largely viewed in exactly the way they were attended as an attempt to have fun with our product marketing. The statement also included that the company disagrees with the assertion that the product names were, ready, racist, and that they don't make decisions based on petitions. Well, bravo to Trader Joe's. If only more companies would stand up for themselves and their customers. I'm seeing a pillow in a bedroom somewhere, damped with tears of a white 17-year-old girl who thought she was making a difference in this world, only to be slapped back with a dose of capitalist reality. Recommendations For a 1 hour and 55 minute tutorial on communism, give a listen to episode 31 of the China Unscripted podcast. The episode's titled The Origins of Communism. It describes things that are going on now, even though this came out last year, preceding the recent rioting. For a condensed history of Antifa, listen to the August 4th and 5th episodes of the Mark Levin podcast. Okay, let's do some opinions here. Vaccines. You know, later, the current pet topic of the political mucky mucks and their minions in the mainstream media. 
A recent poll conducted by Gallup found that 35% of U.S. citizens would not take a COVID-19 vaccine if it was offered to them. I would be amongst them. Reasons against taking this vaccine are that it is being rushed through the process, bypassing normal time-based procedures that would prove its safeness. Also, Dr. Fauci, the country's health czar, claims the vaccine would only be 30 to 50 percent effective. That's not a very good rate. Now, I'm not a anti-vaxxer, as they are called, but have my own experience that would make me hesitate taking this particular vaccine. Let me explain myself. I spent 20 years in the military, and it was mandatory that you were administered a flu shot every year. The procedure went like this. You reported to the base movie theater, usually, where you were required to retrieve an old IBM-style punch card from a huge stack of them arranged in alphabetical order. Once retrieved, you brought the card to the medical technician who took the card from you and then administered the shot. I assume the card was processed by some central computer. Every year I did this dutifully, and besides getting a cold-like sickness later that day after the shot, that would last a couple of days, I would also dutifully get the full-blown flu later that year. One year during my career, I went to the base theater, went to retrieve my card, but it wasn't there. A card with the same last name as I were there, but it wasn't my card. It was for another man with the same last name as me. This man had pulled the wrong card and had, in effect, taken the flu shot for me. Instead of doing the right thing and pointing out this mistake, I executed a perfect military about-face maneuver and left the building without being vaccinated. I'm sure the guy who made the error was forced to take another dose of this vaccine at a later time because he had no way to prove that he had gotten the shot. A funny thing happened that year. Not only did I not get the cold-like sickness, but I also escaped getting the full-blown flu for that season. It made me wonder. Of course, the following years, I was again subjected to the vaccination, and an updated method of accounting for it was introduced, making errors such as the one that allowed me to skip a year virtually impossible. I suffered the same two illnesses yearly until I finally retired. I haven't taken a flu shot since that time, about 25 years now, and guess what? I haven't had the flu since. Some people would attribute this to herd immunity, but my wife hasn't taken the shot either, and she hasn't gotten the flu since my retirement also. There's something to be said for those anti-vaxxers. Next and last opinion for the week. Right-wing extremists slash terrorists. You know, the famous boogeyman or bogeyman of the mainstream media. They are, in my opinion, not just my opinion, incorrectly blame for shooting into peaceful protests and occupied zones, ramming cars into said protesters and the like. All instances have been proved wrong, but still the inferences continue. The Charlottesville incident in which an Antifa supporter was run over and killed was perpetrated by a white supremacist, not a right-wing extremist. I believe the mainstream media likes to lump in white supremacists with right-wing activists just to confuse people. Let me explain myself here. 
let's say, fascists, Nazis, and skinheads, right? What do you think of? You think, oh, they're right-wing extremists, you know? No, they're not examples of right-wing extremists. Though Wikipedia will tell you that fascism is far-right, the economies these people preside over is socialist. It's centralized and mostly government-owned. A lot like the current Chinese Communist Party, with privately held firms directly reporting to the government. Nazi, which stands for the German National Socialism, uh, and hope I didn't butcher it too bad, translates to National Socialism, is the same system as fascism with a German twist. A hatred of other races and cool-looking military uniforms. Okay, I joke. But I wasn't joking about the hatred of other races. Skinheads consider themselves Nazis, so they are not right-wing. These can be considered white supremacist. You know, communism and fascism slash Nazism are two sides of the same coin. An example of a right-wing extremist is Timothy McVeigh. He's the guy who blew up the Alfred P. Murrah Federal Building in Oklahoma, killing 168 innocent people. Now, McVeigh didn't express any hatred towards other races, and his co-conspirator, Terry Nichols, was married to a woman from the Philippines. What McVeigh hated was the federal government because he believed it had become too powerful and intrusive in citizens' lives, and he used examples like the Ruby Ridge incident as a catalyst for his horrific action. He and Nichols paid for their crimes. McVeigh was executed, and Nichols will spend the rest of his life in prison. Now, to me, and to anybody else, this should be an example of right-wing terrorism. You're not seeing these right-wing terrorists now because they have no skin in the current game. But when you do see them, it won't be some car running someone over or some random shooting. It'll be an event that will get everybody's attention. Well, I hope you enjoyed the new format. Let me know. And thank you for listening. I hope this provoked thoughts and not emotions. You can contact me at nnopodcast at gmail.com. I look forward to hearing from you. So guys, stay safe and stay open-minded. And I'll see you next week. End transmission.